welcome to episode 15 of the Redeeming Church podcast. I'm Andrew. On this episode, we finish up part two of our visit with our good friend Josh Tyken as we discuss how we get through discouraging times, why people shouldn't leave the church, and David Plutch's 25-point sermon. Let's dive in. We'll move on to a little more of encouraging uh, topic. What's your favorite color? Let's talk about that. <laughs> what, what colors would, do you guys like? What, what color is sadness? Color sadness. <laughs> Black and dark blue, I think. Yep. Um, okay. So uh, segment two, question two here. During those times of discouragement, what theological, what biblical truths did you guys find, did we find to lean on uh, to, to help us get through that, to walk through that? Mike, you haven't talked in a while. I've just been, yeah, listening to you guys. Miss your voice. Yeah, man, I know you guys are good. You know, um, uh, there, there's a few things I wrote down, but uh, as, as you guys were talking, I started, my mind started going back to some scripture that I remember memorizing uh, one of my first years of ministry that just uh, really, really is impactful now. Um, but John 15 is is a place where my heart goes to, um, and kind of just the long the long version short. You know, the the whole passage is is Jesus telling the disciples to abide uh, or remain in Him, and He uses that word uh, quite a few times. Right. And and I think as as I as I think about when we're in these seasons of discouragement, how um, that text is is all the more real. Because I think we can agree uh, when I've been in those times of discouragement or in those seasons, I don't feel like remaining <laughs> and anyone's like, Josh, you're, you're, you know, what you were saying earlier, I, I totally relate with, right? When you're, you know, I, I think as, as, as pastors and as ministry leaders, right, it's easy for us to put on a show, right, and to, and to act like good church people when internally, um, yeah, I, there's been seasons where I've been frustrated or angry. And, uh, you know, especially even working for a church, which like shock, right? Those, those seasons of frustration can come from the church that you work for. What? Um, yeah. Well, I mean, so like the, the, the text, John 15, what is Jesus says, remain in me, right? Um, every branch in me that does not produce fruit, he removes and every, and he prunes every branch that produces fruit so that it'll produce more fruit. There are seasons of being pruned, Right. There are seasons of, of you of you being challenged and discouraged and, and and seasons where maybe you've been doing something wrong and you're having to humble yourself. And and, and I think what I what I see now is even in the seasons where, where you feel like you're walking through this valley. Right. Like I, I just see how Jesus has really done a lot of work uh, and a lot of maturing. I think it's easy when, when you're in those times of discouragement to go like, what the heck, God? Like, why? Like, why is this going on? But. Um, like I, in particular, I remember, uh, I remember a couple instances, there was, there was a year here where I was, I was just wondering, man, like what, like what, what is going on here? Like, should we be looking, should I be pulling out of ministry? And I remember talking to my wife, who's uh, just a good supporter in, in my life. Um, and, uh, you know, as I'm bringing this frustration, I'm kind of like venting, you know, <laughs> her encouragement was, you know, like, are you bringing that to the Lord? Like, are we bringing the Lord our frustrations? Are we bringing the realness of our hearts? Are we bringing, and I think for me, it was just kind of like, oh yeah, 
because it's like it's easy to come to, come to God when it's like, yeah, things are going well. God, thank you for this. But really, when we're going through the crap, when we're going through the things that are that are hard, right? What is what is what is the call to remain, to abide, to stay to stay with it? And and, and I think and I think as um you know, there, another book that I've been reading actually that Josh you have suggested the conference has suggested, and I'm just I'm just loving. And I tell everyone now read this book, but Gentle and Lowly, um, um by Dane Ortland right? Dane, Ray, I can't, I think it's Dane. Um, but I, I think, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but you know, the, in the, the book, one of the things I've taken away from, uh, from it thus far, which has been like life to my soul has been, you know, when you're going through these, these times of like suffering or if you're, sorry, that's my doc. Uh, when you're going through these, these, these times of suffering or, or even in the midst of sin, right? Jesus does not run away from you. He runs towards you, right? He, he's with you in that. And, and I, and I feel like, um, as I take a step back, I'm like, yeah, you know, even in the times of discouragement, right? Um, God's hand is over. God, God is, God is over the details of things that are going on. And, and yeah, like in, in the small like segment of the story that I can see right now, it's hard. But I think all the more that call is to still remain and to still abide and to still be within Christ. And I'm recognizing that, you know, um, you know, Jesus did not promise us that things were going to go exactly how we wanted them to go. Um, actually it's the opposite. <laughs> he promises that, um, there's going to be trouble and, uh, and then that call yet is to still, still, still be in him. And I think, you know, and I, and I think about our, not to go too far down this, but, um, I feel like the, 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 the worldly truths we get is that your life should be good and happy and comfortable. Right. I think it's, and, I, and so then when, when something happens, like a really bad year, or like a ministry moment or a discouraging thing, we then question and go, what in the world? My life should be better um, because that's what I've been promised. And then when we actually look at the scriptures, right, we are, we are given a different story about of how actually for God's people, um, yes, they are, they are blessed and, and there is joy to be had and there are good things to come. It just doesn't always happen right here in the now. Sometimes you don't get to see the fruit of uh, uh, all the fruit until either later in life or you're with the Lord. And, and I think, and yet, even with that, like it, it is still, it is still good to, to be, to, to remain. It is still good. Um, and, and for me, what's encouraging uh, as my last note here, but what's just encouraging is to know, um, especially in this past year, where I think, I think, you know, I, and, and a lot of us in the world, we were disrupted of our disrupted of our comfort. And I think I was reminded how, Man, even though as bad as it gets, right? The Bible's promised that there are good things to come. Like that, that hope, that message of hope, just just stirred in my heart all the more. Um, and so, yeah, again, that's where that's where that that theological biblical truth of remaining, especially in the times of discouragement, is so is so real and so needed to apply. Mm, it's good, Mike. That's good. That's really good. Follow that up, Josh. <clears throat> well, I mean, basically, I was going to say very, very similar things, and you said yeah. it so much yeah. better what than I was going to say. What, what he it. said. Yeah, what he said. Moving on. What he said. <clears throat> but one thing, like, I don't know, like when you look, when you guys look back at <clears throat> the moments that God has changed you the most, has made you more like Christ, has rooted out sin, has it come through pleasant experiences or adversity and trials? like okay like 100 of the time i think it's you know it's through and so i think we have to reach like we, what you're saying mike we have to retrain our hearts to cheerfully receive crap like to cheer to 
to receive it from the hand of the Lord. When That's we are the going name of through. the book, man. Cheerfully <laughs> receiving crap. Yeah, there you go. Hey, I Top, like it. Toplessly. Yeah. Ah, yeah. Top had to throw it again. Oh man. Yeah. Just, um, what does it actually look like to joyfully receive, um, trials instead mm-hmm. of, and I think, I think what you're saying, Mike is like, first of all, we need to get rid of this sense of entitlement. Like we're entitled to comfort and like, that's the best for us. Um, it's not, uh, so so I don't know whether it's a diagnosis or it's a relational thing or it's a financial thing or whatever, whether we're in ministry or not. Um, God is the great gatekeeper of everything that comes our way and uh, everything he's working towards our good. So I guess for me, though, yeah, I struggle to receive things immediately with joy. Like that usually mm-hmm. comes down the road when I start to get a little more hindsight and I'm like, oh, OK, I see what you're doing here or whatever. But how can we be men who immediately, um, like Job, when he loses everything, falls down and he reflexively worships? Like that's his reflex is to fall down and start worshiping mm. when the worst thing just happened to him. Like I want to be, I want to be that type of man. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was J- Josh and I got to got to drive to and from Indy, which was great. Lots of car road time and all of that. Um, but yeah, Josh, I remember you saying that. And I think that's been something I'm thinking of lately, right? To all the things, all the things that are happening in our lives to like receive it with joy, right? And I think that is that is a hard thing to do. That's something that does really it does indeed take practice and, and circumstances, but it's so true, right? Like, because we we have this promise of good things to come. So even when even when it seems like the world is falling apart, right? Joy is not the same as happiness, right? That feeling, that emotion, joy is something deeper. And it, and it's something that, yeah, uh, when we experience these these big moments of like circumstances are happening around us that are, are, are making life hard and difficult or things that are beyond our control, still choosing joy and receiving the moments with joy, good or bad. And that's, that's huge. And I don't know if we talk about that. I don't think we talk well enough about suffering in the church today um, because that is so true. Yeah. Receiving things with joy, however they come. So for me, um, one of the truths that I, that I, land on that gets me through that keeps me grounded and going uh comes from a good story uh from from my last church and um for anybody working at a church that doesn't use planning center you should get all over that business because it's a phenomenon i should probably work for them as a salesman because all about spreading the planning center love church organizationalness so um so in this last church everybody had a church mailbox and schedules were printed out thrown in a hundred different mailboxes every week, every month. So I brought in planning center, which is a much more efficient and uh, easier way to keep track and do that. Um, so set it up well, again, working with um, mostly, mostly retirees. Back when we got to the church, uh, 200 people in the church, uh, including us, there were three couples under the age of 50. So, mm-hmm. so retirement church. So moving towards planning center, uh, which is email-based to send out schedules and, and online-based and uh, worked with people, set up good trainings, you know, on how to do this, how to get on your phone, or we even have a computer at church that you can check things on. If you don't have a computer, we understand. And spent spent a good few months doing that. And um, and there were still a couple of uh, single ladies, who older ladies who didn't have a computer, didn't have email. And we said, you know, we understand. Again, we have another church here and we're going to continue to, 
to kind of transition over a year. We we're going to give it a year, um, which I wasn't there for the end of that year. Uh, but <laughs> uh, but the, at the end of the year, we're going to quit doing any paper copies. Um, so we really are going to transition. We'll help you set up an email, you know, all that stuff because um, of the benefits of it. And there's one lady. Um, we'll call her Martha. That was not her name. Uh, she she would not get an email address. She she refused. She wasn't super like angry or bitter about it, but she's like, yeah, I just don't want to do that. I'm like, okay, well, you know, that's what we're moving towards. So we're not we're not gonna send you a telegram. So you gotta, <laughs> so, uh, send a courier to your house every week. Um, <laughs> so I I never voiced this out loud, but in my head I was like, I mean this is what we're moving to. So after a year, if you're, we're putting all these things in place to help, but if you're just refusing, then we're not going to schedule you anymore. Um, and, you know, I can't remember where I first heard this. I want to say it was a Keller sermon back when I was still subscribed to him. Um, I'm not anymore, but not for theological problems. There's too many podcasts to keep up with, including ours. Let's just throw more podcasts into the mix. Uh, I don't know where I first heard this, but um, James 3, right? Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers and sisters, for you know that we who teach will be judged uh, with greater strictness. Um, and the thing that I heard in the sermon was, um, someday we're going to have to stand before Jesus and uh, uh, answer for our lives. And those who are believed will not be judged because of our sin. Uh, we won't be, be answering for that, but we, we will be accountable. We'll be judged with greater strictness. And, um, well, actually, it was so funny because I heard it in the sermon. And then, and then I heard the line that I really latched on to in 42, Jackie Robinson movie. Yes, yes. Go on. Yes. We're, they can't see our faces, so you have to, like, verbally acknowledge. Yes, you yes. Your heads. That's a great movie. Josh, enthusiastically nodding your head doesn't help either. <laughs> that as well doesn't communicate anything to our audience, uh, the five people that listen to us. Amen. Amen. Um, Come on. So, so the line from 42 is when um, um, Harrison Ford's character, um, what, what's his Branch name? Branch Rickey. Branch Rickey says to, I believe it was the manager or coach of the, I believe it was the Pirates. Is that right? Pittsburgh Pirates, somebody. Yeah. You know this example better. Uh, they're not going to take the field because Jackie Robinson's playing. And he says over the phone, he says, you may want to rethink your position because when you stand before God Almighty someday and he asks why you didn't take the field and when you answer it's because it was a black man playing against you, that may not be a sufficient answer. Boom. <laughs> Slams the phone down. Yes. Get him. That was his Oscar moment. So I just, this bright perpetual thought in my mind when I stand before Jesus and he says, Hey, Andrew, why, why did you not let Martha serve in the children's ministry anymore? Mm-hmm. Jesus, she wouldn't get an email address. Are you kidding me? <laughs> like she just yeah. wouldn't listen to me. Yeah. Like what is happening? She wouldn't, Jesus, don't you understand this? Um, mm. I decided, I mean, it was in that moment. I was like, I don't know that that's going to be a sufficient answer. I could be wrong, but I don't think it's going to be. Um, so, so <laughs> that was a long, what I think is a good story, fun story to display that, that truth 
that um, I'm going to have to answer for how I led his people, how I shepherded his people, and for the decisions that I made um, as a leader of his flock and of this church. And mm. who am I? Because things are hard. And I don't want to. I want to discount that things are difficult. But who am I? Because things are hard to quit doing that to the best of my ability every moment of the day. Because I'm going to have to answer for that someday. And when he says. Andrew, why did you like play games in your office all that day? Cause you were discouraged and because, and because things were frustrating. And I'll say, Jesus, did you hear what they said about me? Like, did you, did you see that thing I was going through? He's going to say, yeah, but life is hard for everybody. And I'm with you. And like, you know, that I win in the end. I need you. I needed you to take care of my people. They needed you. Like, whoo, that little theoretical conversation gets me every time. And that's what, uh, that's really drives me. It's funny because throughout this podcast, I've been judging you guys in my mind for talking a lot. And I think I just talked for like nine minutes. So it's starting to, it's, it's, it's all good though. I, uh, I think this could be a three-parter episode. So three parter episode. Minimum two-parter. Minimum. <laughs> I was thinking uh, we're at the solid hour mark and actually actually go in like 20 minutes. So let's um, bring my daughter to work day. She's coming to hang out for a little bit uh-huh. while my son goes and gets shots. So super fun. Um, okay. So we'll try to, we'll put a two minute timer on this. (laughs) Sure. Um, Josh, we'll start with you this time. Last question, last segment here for those that are ready to walk away from the church for whatever reason, but especially with the theme of this podcast, because of discouragement, because of situations, what would you say to them? Mm. Okay. Well, I'd say a few things, uh, but if I was just kind of bullet point different types of things, I would say um, one uh, dysfunctional churches are nothing new. So I, I think we have this idea of like, man, if we could just get back to the early church, the way when they were doing it right, you know, it's like, well, have you read first Corinthians? Right. Have you read Galatians? <laughs> have you read the first three chapters of revelation? Have you read like the churches had dysfunction and sinners in it? Uh, the whole time. And so if you think that you're going to walk away and find something better, like this is just the part of how God sanctifies us. He puts us with other people who are sinners trying to follow Jesus. And so this is nothing new. The other thing I would say is uh, don't walk away from Christ. And you go, well, what do you mean? I'm not walking away from Christ. I'm just walking away from the church. And then it's like, okay, we have to talk a little bit about what the church is because that's the body of Christ. Yes. That's where, that's where we meet with Christ. So Get it. I think, I think people have to understand that to walk away from the church is to walk away from Christ. Oh, so well um, said. I'm so I agree with that mm, a thousand percent. Do you want to say anything? You want me to keep going? You want to? Oh, yeah, I'll say this real fast. I, I appreciate you recognizing my passion right there. Mm. Um, so, um, Derek Webb, great Christian artist, uh, no longer Christian, very sad. My favorite album of all time is She Must and Shall Go Free, and it's a song about the church and ever. Every other song is a song from the church to Jesus, and the other songs are a song from Jesus to the church. Mm. One of them, my favorite songs, uh, If You Love Me, You Will Love the Church. That is the title of the song. That is the point, and it's Jesus singing. He's, I come with one purpose, to capture from myself a bride. Mm. And, you know, by my life, she is lovely. By my blood, she's justified. Like, it, right? It is the church. Whoo! Well said, my friend, Josh. Sorry. Mm. Oh, yeah, because, I mean, we all know how sinful and how unreliable we are. Like, you know that about your, mm. you know that about yeah. yourself. 
and yet Christ doesn't walk away from you. And so why would you walk, why would you walk away from somebody else who has their own sins and shortcomings and failures like that? Um, given that it's a legitimate church, a genuine church, you know, I'm not talking about churches with heresy. I'm talking just churches that have problems, which is every church. Um, the other thing I would say is we're family. Um, we're family. Like we're actually closer than family as the church. Um, spirits thicker than blood. And we would not give up on our brothers and sisters and moms and dads like we sometimes give up on other believers. We're like, oh, I just don't like that they're sinning, so I'm going to walk away and not associate myself with them anymore. Like we're family. Like you don't get to do that. Like we're, we're like a gang. Like you've been initiated into the Church of Christ. Like you, you can't. You don't sleep. You just you just can't leave. Um, uh, or we'll guys, find you. We'll guys. find you. <laughs> Okay, so Friday night, kneecap. Friday night, everybody come. We're gonna bring some lighters, some torches, and we're gonna burn down the Catholic Church. Okay. I, everybody come. You may have misunderstood. <laughs> yeah. Well, you said gang. I don't really know. Okay. Well, anyway. All right. And then here's another thing, really quick thing. Uh, their their sin shouldn't cause you to sin. So it says in Hebrews 3, 12 through 14, take care, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God but exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. For we have come to share in Christ, if indeed we hold our original confidence firm to the end. So to say, man, these people are sinning and I don't want to be around them anymore. So I'm going to walk away. Well, then now you're sinning. Um, mm -hmm. And so somebody else's sin is never an excuse for you to be disobedient to your king. Um, and then I guess the last thing I would say is uh, they need you. The church needs you. We're a body. Some are hands, some are feet, some have more public ministries, some have more private ministries. Um, but if you have the spirit of God within you, you are needed. And if you are strong enough in your faith to recognize things that are broken uh, in your local church or in the capital C church or in the American church, like if you have the discernment to see that, um, that's the first step to the Holy Spirit using you to be a part of that solution. And so don't let your discouragement drive you away. Let it drive you to being a vessel for the Lord to to heal those things that are messed up. Mm. Love it. Get them. I guess I'll I'll follow up. Oh, those are really good. So I'll just throw I'll throw one out there. Um, I, I think uh, you know keeping those things in mind too. Um, I think one of the th one of the ways I would encourage someone who's who feels like they're going through a tough go of it a season of discouragement is to to take a step back and, and kind of look at the big picture look at the larger sample size of what god is doing uh, i think it's it is very easy for us in the moment uh well, there's a there's a good friend of uh, uh of mine um who would uh, who would say uh, uh throughout the years has, has encouraged me by saying you know don't don't quit necessarily when when you feel uh oh shoot I gotta think of, I'm gonna butcher this quote, say something different. Um don't quit when you want to quit, quit when you don't want to quit. Is that is that the phrase? No. I don't think so. No, okay. Okay. Well, let me let me take a step back. Oh, here's some editing for you, Andrew. Um don't quit in the valleys. Don't you know what? That's that's probably it. Don't don't quit in the valleys. Don't quit in the valleys just yet. You know, there there are definitely times when and maybe it is it is healthier to remove yourself um for a time in a situation, but I feel like it, it takes a lot to get to that. I think I think it's I think sometimes we go, man, things are really difficult. I should just leave now. And I, and I think what um, the, the better response is to take a step back and go, what could God be doing in this? It's going to take some time. 
Um, I remember, you know, one of the, one of the things we got from the conference um, was God's people are awaiting people. Um, we, we gotta be, we gotta be people who, uh, um, actually I have the quote, God's people are awaiting people and God's reality cannot be gauged by our own current circumstances. So in other words, you know, from our point of view, yeah, like when things are really hard, it's, it's easy to want to walk away. But uh, I think again, going back to the sovereignty of God, um, man, sometimes we just got to take a step back and, and recognize that God is at work in a lot of different ways here. And, and so I need to, I need to take a bigger sample size than just kind of the, you know, the kind of maybe like a week or two or a couple of bad instances. And then it's hard. Right. And I'm, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm preaching myself that truth, but I, I do believe that, right. As God's people. Um, and when it comes to the church, right, we, we, we gotta be able to take a step back and go, man, God, God is at work in these things, even if it doesn't feel like it, uh, he is. And, and that's, that's, that can be, like, it doesn't feel good all the time. And I don't think it's supposed to feel good, but it at least is something to land on as a foundation for our souls. Mm, foundation for our souls. That's another good book title. All kinds of good book titles coming out of this episode. Mm. Mm. I don't feel like the topless applies in that one. So <laughs> I'll, I'll let it sit. Um, man. <laughs> yeah. And right, it does does depend on we're talking about walking away from this particular body, this church, or like the church. Um, and Josh, you made a lot of good points about like this particular church. If somebody's leaving a specific church, um, what I would say to people who are leaving like the church, um, and, and I mean, even within that Christianity, um, you know, where where else are you going to go? And what and why are you leaving because you don't believe it's the truth? Or are you leaving because you're frustrated? So obviously seeking to understand um, and for people that, uh, yeah, don't believe it's the truth, um, <laughs> go back to apologetics and uh, providing people with these foundational elements to understand that uh, though things may be hard and though we may disagree at times and not represent Christ as we ought, um, this is the truth and here's why and why we can trust that. And so rest in that and where, where else, where else are we going to go? And even more, more than that, right. For hope, for love, for joy, for family, for the true. Um, I like that. What was your phrase there, Josh, about blood and spirit? Uh, spirit spirits, is, yeah. Thicker than blood. Spirits thicker than blood. It's good. I like that. Um, yeah, that's true. Spirit is more viscous than blood. Probably doesn't like roll up the tongue quite as much. Um, viscosity of the spiritualness. So uh, thicker is good. Um, yeah, where else are you going to go? That's part of my testimony, right? Is um, one of our episodes we shared where where I was I was really bitter towards the church. I was really bitter towards people that I viewed as hypocrites, which was everybody. Um, and uh, and yeah, I'm challenged by my young life leader. Um, <laughs> even if you're right, Andrew, which you're not. All these hypocrites, these people that are broken. Where? should they go if not for the church that's what we're here for as what the church is built for oh man good answers gents good answers well yeah we're officially uh, at the two-parter mark so so this statement will be coming in at the end of part two of uh, the two-parter with a good friend joshua um real fast we haven't talked a whole lot about the conference i would like to i would like to ask each of you um, you get like 20 seconds for this answer. So bring it. 
what was your favorite favorite um, talk, favorite speaker, and what they said? And maybe one liner from what they said, or favorite breakout session and the quick synopsis of it uh, that you went to. Um, if, if is anybody ready for that? You, you threw a question at me that involves me thinking, so I need a moment. Okay, so throw it to someone else. <laughs> well, I, I can take. It. I'll go, I can go first. Go for it. You'd like a you internal internal processors. Josh, are you an internal processor? No, I'm an external processor. I have to mumble to myself or write or just start talking in order to get my thoughts out. Mumble to myself. It's fantastic. So my, I think my favorite one, or just the one that impacted me the most, I mean, Platt's final final session was legit. It's also good. But his, um, his breakout session number two, the role of the local church in 21st century missions that really has stayed with me. And so many good things. Um, I mean, he gave five foundational truths about missions in the church and then 10 practical exhortations based on those five foundations. So 10 practical things about how the church can can use that and, and pursue global missions in their church. And it was just, it was so good. And the reminder I needed, that's like, man, uh, and our church gives 20% of our budget to missions, which is great. I mean, that's a great start. A lot of churches don't do, don't support in that way. But um, man, it needs to be at the heart of our people. Global missions, I mean, right? We're reaching the world, reaching people. Uh, it needs to be a serious heart of the church. And so, what can I do? I mean, I'm a worship pastor. I, I'm a, the worship. I'm the architect for Sunday morning services. What can I do to slip, start slipping in uh, global missions things to start putting in front of people's eyes? So, just it, um, it. Um, what's the word? Convicted me. It's good. 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 Mm, I'll share it. You know, this, this wasn't my, probably my favorite uh, session or breakout group, but it's something that comes to my mind right now. So it's stuck with me. So it's worth saying um, it was a breakout session at the conference that was called bully pulpit training Christian leaders to resist spiritual abuse. And mm-hmm. it was a panel discussion. And um, just something that stuck with me that'll probably always stick with me is um, they were talking about what type of men should be pastors and they said oftentimes uh, the way churches hire pastors is based on um, skills and giftings and talents and charisma and all of these types of things. Um, but the guy was just talking, he's like, man, First Timothy 3, look at the qualifications for an overseer. And he said there's 12 qualifications there. Only one is a skill teaching. The rest are about character. And it just made me rethink it just, I don't know. It was just, I've never really noticed that before. Uh, we often think about pastors being good if they're, they have all these talents, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but character is the most important thing. And Ugh, it kind of, and, and I kind of that thought that um, that idea should translate to how we choose volunteers for our praise teams and for our youth ministry or whatever. I think mm-hmm. we're sometimes looking for that charisma, um, charismatic you know, mm-hmm. outgoing, talented person when really we should be looking for men and women of integrity who love the Lord and God can work out the rest. So, yeah. I wonder how many, wonder how many pastoral staff would be uh, not pastoral staff if we applied those 12 things. Yeah, yeah. And basically what they say is so many boards, you know, elders and deacons will overlook huge gaps in leadership character. Mm-hmm because they because the pastor is getting results based on their talent and so they're like okay we'll kind of live with the character flaws because we're getting results and uh that is how you actually spiritually abuse people in a church um, mm-hmm. so yeah so that that breakout session will, will stick with me it's good nice michael 
Yeah. So I think the, the session that I keep going back to, and I had to go find his name in my journal, but Brian Chapel on Hebrews 12 and, and kind of the, 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 the kind of the line of a God's people are awaiting people just continues to to stick out to me and, and just, yeah, again, just be so true to circumstances of plenty. Right. Um, you know, where we we, are, we already have something, right. We already have some victory, some hope to hold on to. Um, but we, yeah, we're still kind of waiting, right. In some way, shape or form. Um, but then I think also the other part that came out of that um, where so he, he had said at one point, I wrote it down. Um, a God who can be contained or controlled by our senses, that God is small. And I, I think at that moment, I remember thinking, man, how often it is, it's easy for me to kind of want God to do things the way I want him to do things. And the way that uh, I would, I see certain situations and I'm like, I know the answer to that. I know it's the best way to work through that. Um, God, just do what I do, what, do what I say. And, and I'm sure God is going, yeah, <laughs> I got this. Thanks though. Um, but yeah, but that's so true though, right? When, when we try to, you know, for me, it was like that aha moment uh, that I knew already, but I like had to rehear, right? That aha moment of like, man, if, if God was doing things that, that I wanted him to be done, like what kind of God would, would he be, right? Here's a God who will do things as he wills and as he sees it. And that's, yeah. And that was stick, that that was huge for me. And again, something I'm, I continue to go back to um, in, in present circumstances. David Platt was also great too. Um, shame we couldn't get him on the program, but you know. He literally, uh, so his, for his main session, he had a sermon, he had a message and how many points did it have? It was like 20, <laughs> 25, I think 25 See, points. Yeah. I thought, I thought Piper was the king of having like points and points and points. He's like, okay, I got five minutes left. Let me wrap it up with 12 points. But yep. <laughs> yeah, like flat had a 25 point sermon and like each point had significant profound things in it. He just good. like ran through it in 45 minutes. It was pretty Getting good. it. Yeah. So good. Um, Final, final question. What was your, I'm really limiting you to 20 seconds this time. What was your favorite uh, uh, non-conference fun thing that, that we uh, partook of in Indy, Indianapolis? Well, for me, it's a no-brainer when Andrew's just like, we're going to go bowling. But it wasn't just any bowling. I had never gone duck pin bowling before. Duck pin bowling! And so we jumped on some of them electric scooters and we're just cranking through town, running red lights. Mike and I were hanging on for our life and just cranking through and we end up at this <laughs> super shitty, super shady twenties, uh, building yeah. beat up. We're wandering around it. It seems abandoned. And, uh, we end up going down the stairs to this. Uh, we walk into the 1950s straight uh, out of the fifties, man, into this preserved duck pin bowling alley and duck was, pin bowling. If you don't know, um, look it up. Yeah, it was good. It's amazing. But we had we had some recreational fun too. Like that's the cool thing about those conferences is like we can just get away for a little bit too and have some fun. Mm, as long as the word topless is not involved. <laughs> that's right. Mike, what do you got? I think I think the scootering was a lot of fun. I think get it was it. cool that our last night there, you know, after getting so much information, we were looking for some place to eat, but everything was closed in Indy at like nine o'clock for some reason. But right. Uh, yeah, but being being on those electric scooters were the limes, those were fun. Although I was the slowest because I, I cared about my life. Um, yeah, it was fun. It was fun to follow you guys. Soup's fun. I'm going to go with the scooters too, man. I'm so happy you guys did that with me. I love the electric scooters. Yes. You know, I still have the Lime uh, app. Yeah, you do. On my phone, just because like, I have this hope that we'll have that experience again. <laughs> uh, hope fulfilled every year. Are you kidding yeah. me right now? All right. Um, I just saw my wife left home. Uh, so my daughter's about to get dropped off. So real fast. Um, we always do time for our thank yous, my friends. Josh, we always do thank you at the end of our episode. 
Um, we'll let Mike start this time. So Josh has a second. Mike, what are you thankful for? I'm thankful for you guys. Hey, thanks. Thanks for being good friends to to hop on and, and to go to conferences with, to talk about life and ministry with. I'm thankful for that. Mike. Oh, sweet. Um, I will say that I am thankful for um the weather. Man, I I know that's cheesy, and I'm not like a big like how's the weather person. But man, there's something about like 69 windows down driving, like get mm. my cho- get my chocks out. It's beautiful. Softball game tonight. Come on. Gosh. Mm. Mm. That's good. Man, uh, I'm thankful for potty training. I'm thankful our two-year-old is uh, yes. almost <laughs> almost out of diapers. She's still yes. uh, she still gets a backup diaper when she goes to bed just in case and stuff, yep. but she's We're doing great. Boat. Man, and honestly, though, I just want to, like, I'm really thankful for my wife as well. My wife is super sweet. She's super sensitive, but she's also this super smart intellectual girl who loves to read and have deep discussions, and so... Um, I don't know where I would be in my spirit, in my mind, and my emotions without her. So I'm thankful for my wife. Well said. Way to, way to get that in on the one episode you're on. Okay. <laughs> you know, if I only have one episode and I have to say what I'm thankful for, okay. it better be the Lord or my wife. Or Mike and I are, By the way, I'm thankful for the Lord. Mike and I have already done that for our wives. So yeah. Okay, good. good. Um, Josh, thanks for being here, my friend. Thanks for having me. This was a lot of fun. Thank was, you guys for, for letting me be a part of it. Good, good time. Uh, hey, if you have any questions or thoughts, let us know. Got our email in the uh, show notes. And um, man, look forward to seeing you guys again. We'll probably do one or two more eps before the end. We take a break for the summer. So, uh, and I go off and have a baby. Um, but hey, until next time, I'm Andrew. I'm Mike. And we had Josh with us. Should uh, we try that again? I'm Josh. <laughs> <laughs> until next time, I'm Andrew. I'm Mike. I'm Josh. (laughs) And this was the Redeeming Church Podcast. Redeeming Church.